Happy Halloween, Effers. I'm your host, Internet Keith, and welcome to the Titans edition of Football and Other F-Words. Today on the Titans edition, we will be talking about Titans news. We will preview the Cowboys game in Dallas, and we will have a mid-season review of the Titans. As is tradition, I am joined by some hooligans, but we are on a, uh, a limited limited squad tonight we have uh, a lot of people here now we have a power Shorten, trio shortened up the bench a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah we're all gonna have to play more snaps more minutes <laughs> um so we've got uh a guy who just got traded for a french bulldog puppy it's zebo how you doing zebo what i go for you went for a French bulldog puppy and a fourth round pick. That's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty I good. I feel like that's good return. Considering yeah. the contract you're on. Yeah. yeah. I got a, I got a high contract. It's more than Demarius Thomas fetch. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this next guy, he just got traded for a used Drew Bennett Jersey. It's Mike miracles. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's probably a fair deal. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, DJ EJ is out with a mysterious illness. Um, oh, he's been hanging out with Dennis Kelly. Hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Crap. <laughs> Maybe, maybe he's not. got the ass flu. It's <laughs> <laughs> eloquent. It's an eloquent yeah. way of putting it. Um, and then uh, Mr. Lebowski is is away on uh, I don't know business. He's very, he's on the road to Memphis. Very important dude business. Yeah. yeah. Sources say that he might be interviewing for the uh, Browns head coaching job. Oh, but we'll won't they that. just think that he's Matt Patricia? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be their entire plan. <laughs> yes. um, but we'll get into uh, the Browns later. Uh, as always, today's podcast brought to you by an F word. And today's F word is frightful. Ooh. As in, we hope you have a frightfully happy Halloween. Hmm. I really don't care if they do or not. <laughs> Doesn't affect my life. Well, that's fair and, and cold. <laughs> uh, if you're feeling cold, well, uh, you might want to put on a shirt, and we have an ad for that. Let's get into the Titans injuries uh, and some updates on that. We've got uh, Kenny Vaccaro, who should be back, question mark? Practicing with uh, elbow 
some sort of elbow contraption on um, basically a bionic terminator arm he's like the gronkowski Gronk. yeah, yeah he's on the gronk um i think he almost certainly plays this week though and they need him desperately yeah, so. yeah definitely um do we have an update on uh quentin spain aka huggy bear sounds like he's practicing i think the only two players that were not practicing at least that we know uh or i guess the only player that is not practicing right now that we know of is josh klein uh, uh, I heard Will Compton miss today. Oh yeah, yeah, Compton's the other one. That's that's right. So yeah, Compton and Klein are the only two that have not practiced yet. So that means season. Morgan's back with two, right? Yeah. Yes, I think Morgan's practicing. So we'll we'll know more. I think the first injury report will come out on Thursday this week because of the Monday Night Football. Right. Uh, so everything's a day later. Um, but we'll know more after that. But day late, dollar short. Like does. I always say on this podcast, <laughs> you've always said that. <laughs> yep. Every single pod, I think. always. Um, so we have big news. The Titans signed or re-signed, I suppose, uh, depending on how far back you go for the definition of re-signing. <laughs> What's the statute of limitations on re-signing? <laughs> now, these are the important questions that we yeah, need right? to figure out. Uh, either way, they signed Jolson Fowler. Woo! Yeah. I'm excited. Fullback. Fullbacks on the roster. Uh, yeah, it's going to help the run game, and hopefully we now can figure out an identity with this offense. Uh, the big talk all week before this signing was uh, is LaFleur more Shanahan or more McVay or is he just uh, Terry LaFleur uh, <laughs> because he's been a lot of Rubisky too. So um, I think this is going to go towards more Shanahan and going towards the 21 personnel in the run game. And there was a good article that we tweeted out and Big Mike tweeted out on his personal uh, or on his uh, Mike Miracles uh, Twitter account. Uh, Pat's pulpit put out something about twenty-one personnel. I had no clue the Patriots had a fullback. Uh, I didn't n- not know this guy existed, but apparently Dion Lewis and and the Patriots I think ran this most or second most uh, twenty-one personnel bes- behind the 49ers. So mm-hmm. it's a very successful. Um, personnel grouping that we have not ran enough of and that's just because we would have had to use luke stalker take him off the line right and this just defeats the whole purpose and the the pads usage of 21 personnel really ramped up in the second half of last year and that really coincided with Dion lewis's emergence in the running game and you know as everybody knows at this point Dion lewis led the nfl in rushing over the i think the last eight weeks of the season last year um when they basically uh me is there something over here i mean hux is where's huxley he's underneath the table oh my god his ass must be towards me that's the second part pointed directly at you (laughs) shit yeah that thing is sorry go back go back Um, to this but but yeah so the patriots started using james devlin their fullback a lot in the second half of the year last year which coincided with Deion lewis kind of taking off in the running game so um it could be you know, I, I know a lot of people have paired Fowler with Henry because they played together at Alabama, and and you know, obviously Fowler blocked for for Henry a little bit there. But I think this might be as much about Dion Lewis getting Dion Lewis more featured in the running game as anything because he's done very well in that uh, scheme before, and I think it's a good thing because we know the tight ends can't block. Sure. So Fowler is a good blocker. He, he may not be a whole lot else, but he's a good blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't hurt your offense by putting a better blocker on the field right, right now. So I, 
I think it'd be good. I, I'd like to see them run 21 personnel with Stalker as the Y inline tight end and then Fowler as the lead blocker in the backfield and see what happens. Uh, in the Twitter group today, uh, you were, y'all were talking about how it brings either brings an extra defender or it helps the gaps a yeah. fullback. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I wasn't really paying attention when you were talking. <laughs> so, uh, super horn on, uh, Twitter, um, great X's and O's guy for, uh, any, any Titans fan. Um, but he, uh, he was talking about fullbacks and the, pr- the problems they present. And this is really why Shanahan loves the fullback so much. So, full, and, and really, if you go back to like Alex Gibbs and the, you know, it, advent of the zone blocking and outside zone schemes they love to use fullbacks because the fullback allows you to add an extra gap on either side of the ball but the defense doesn't know where that gap is when the ball snaps so you can essentially you know typically you've got like a a gap b gap c gap d gap you know on one side of the ball and then same thing on the other side of the ball well now you can create other gaps within those gaps and they can be anywhere that you want to that you want to put it depending on the play call wherever the fullback's going so the defense can't just say okay you've got the a gap it makes your run fits more dynamic and less clear it kind of muddies up your your run responsibilities so um fullbacks can be a huge help for the run game i, I think fowler is a good blocker. They didn't really use him very much. Um, and I think that was why he was eventually released here. But yeah. And he's not um he's not a great pass catcher by any means. I don't I don't think we've seen him used a whole lot as that, but he, we've seen that he can do it to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um so I I think twenty one personnel is very interesting to me, especially given LaFleur's roots in the Shanahan systems and, and things like that where he almost I mean, he always leads the league in 21 personnel yeah. usage. So I'm interested to see what they do with him. I don't know that he's going to play a ton of snaps, but. I mean, it's it's good that they're trying it because obviously nobody's respecting the tight ends catching or blocking ability. So yeah, yeah, and, it's and, worth trying something new. And that's the thing, whether you've got a fullback in the game or you've got a tight end in the game, you're basically inviting, like Zach said, other people into the box. So you're inviting that extra defender into the box. Well, that only is that's fine. I mean, you can do that as long as your guy that is blocking him is better than the defender that you're inviting in. And that hasn't been the case when the Titans have been in 12 personnel with the two tight ends, but maybe will be the case now if you've got Fowler and Stalker on the field together and you can actually block it up. It also helps the, the extra blocker coming in also helps free up some passing lanes too. And especially off play action. And that's, that's something that we've been lacking is creative formations, it doesn't seem like I've noticed the same creative formation Shanahan and McVeigh ran where they run and play action and just straight up pass out of the same formation down the field. Yeah. So hopefully that brings that into uh, a little bit more on to the Titans side. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, welcome back, Jolson Fowler. And um, Nudie. Yeah, what, what's the Nudie nickname? I've, I've nickname. missed that. Apparently what? he was naked a lot as a baby. <laughs> and <laughs> well, weren't all babies? I guess up into an age to uh, the point where it earned him a nickname. So. That, that sounds like one of those bullshit stories you make up about a nickname when it's actually something really messed up that yeah. you don't want your like wife or friends or yeah. mother to know about. Something you did in college. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, so let's talk about 
the Titans in their notable absence from the trade deadline excitement today. I need to put an emotional disclaimer <laughs> because it's going to get very emotional and very heated in here. I do not think that no matter what I say or what it sounds like, I do not think that J Rob should get fired. <laughs> Nor do I think he's done a great job so far, but I just want everybody to know. I do not think that he should be fired. And if you think that he should be fired, you're a fucking idiot. It's okay to be mad or find a person or a player a coach or something is not living up to their their job i do not think that j rob lived up to his job at the trade deadline i think he has spent most of this season in season not doing his job he offered what we perceive because according to benjamin albright he said that demarius thomas the uh broncos didn't get a um, an offer better than a six-round pick from anybody other than the Texans. Well, the Titans don't have a six-round pick, so that either means that we offered a future six-round pick or a seventh-round pick. A future six-round pick is just as bad as a seventh-round pick. Yeah. That's fucking worthless. That is, that is to me, that's a slap in the face to a Broncos GM. I, if, if I was John Elway and someone and those teams approached me for six for Demarius Thomas, I just fucking laugh at him. I said, I would just rather keep him at that point. What do you get with a fucking six? You get Korea. Woo! That's what we <laughs> traded our six for. Apparently, he views Camilla Korea. I don't even know if I could say it right. Korea. Kamala Korea. Yeah, Korea. Korea. <laughs> I don't even know if he can. He's he's basically saying Korea and Demarius Thomas are the same value to this fucking team. That is ludicrous. When a wide receiver is obviously the biggest knee on this fucking team, and you're going to go and half-ass getting a get wide receiver like that, that's fucking embarrassing. And then on top of that, he doesn't even attempt to go for Golden Tate. That was crazy. That is insane. He's out there. He'd rather watch Justin Fowler at practice doing <laughs> fucking run blocks or Corey Levin fucking stretching or who, no, who knows fucking what than actually being in his fucking office doing his fucking job. They don't, you're not the strength and conditioning coach. They don't need you out in the practice field. They need you in there bettering the team. And all he's done, it, and I, he's attempted to surround and surround markets with talent via the draft. He's failed at this point. You have to say that outside of Corey Davis and Corey Davis, I know is going to get a long leash because he didn't play most of last year. He's still in this year and he's now having in his second year already adjusted double teams. Cause he's the only fucking pass catcher, but we, we, and I know you can't predict the future, but at some point, when we saw that Richard got injured, our solution was to bring in Michael Campanero. And then when he got injured, let's bring in Nick Williams. These are a bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> I mean, like, give me a fucking break. They're, they're losers. I understand that they may know the offense, but they're not the veterans. They're not the type of veterans winning teams bring in to make their team better. They bring them in to push other veterans better or do this or that. They're not how you make a championship team. And you see L.A., they go out and spend money because Jared Goff is on a cheap contract. The same goes for the Texans. They Will Fuller goes down. Kiku Kute is... Um, 
injured. So they go out and they're like, well, shit, we've got to get Demarius Thomas. And I bet if they lost out on Demarius Thomas, they would have gone and got Golden Tate. The Eagles, receivers go down, running backs go down. They constantly go after someone because Carson Wentz is on a... We're we're not going after anybody. And I I don't know how to feel about that at this point anymore where we're coming off two nine and seven win, win seasons. And the... We're, we've wasted now, we're, it's Marcus's fourth year. He has one year left on his contract, and we have really nothing to show for it except for technically a fluky win in Kansas City. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. Marcus catches his own pass. It's a fluky win. Yeah. But and, and Travis Kelsey goes down. But it's still a win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm happy we won. I mean, of course. But I'm just saying it's a fluky win, and we just kind of sat around. We didn't address our interior offensive linemen. We didn't address... Any kind of wide receiver, playmaker. We brought in Dion Lewis, but through six weeks of the year, he's fucking worthless. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, six weeks, let's be honest. I mean, he's, he's shown flashes, he's okay. but I mean, yeah. ha- has he been worth the price tag? No. no. Has Malcolm Butler been worth the price tag? No. At, at some point, J-Rob is going to have to get out of his comfort zone and... And, and make moves. That's what team... Winning teams make moves. And I know everybody's going to initially... All the J-Rob defenders will come out and say, well, you know, it's better than Russ and Webster. That's a low fucking bar. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It is. But, I mean, and we've talked about it. The, yeah. The difference between the 2015 Titans roster talent-wise versus the 2018 Titans roster talent-wise is massive. And that, but the difference between the the Tennessee Titans roster in 2018 compared to the rest of the rosters in 2018 is pretty bad offensively. I will say that our defense yeah. has been pretty good, and I I have nothing really bad to say about his defense other than he probably shouldn't have traded up to get Rashawn Evans at this point when you could have just drafted Harold Landry and picked up any kind of linebacker at this point because Rashawn Evans has done anything. But I know there's a learning curve with Rashawn. Sure. But defense is not the problem, and I, Malcolm Butler is definitely, so far, seven weeks into the season, definitely overpaid. Buddy, I'm not I'm not ready to call that just, you know, he's he's washed or whatever, but it is a stain. We failed to get Sue, and that kind of makes you wonder really his free agency or his trading today kind of makes me wonder how aggressive was he really getting Sue. And, I mean, I mean I mean how aggressive. It's, it's against the Rams though. That's the thing. Like if if I was Sue and I'm sitting there going, "Well, I could go to the Titans who were Nine and seven last year. They've got a rookie head coach. Um, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure. You know how good they are versus I can go to the Rams, live in L.A., go to you know, and he's a West Coast guy anyways. And they've got a loaded team. Everyone expected them to be a Super Bowl contender without a doubt coming into the season. I've got Aaron Donald picked, sitting next to me. Yeah, I would have picked the Rams too, to be honest with you. I mean, money doesn't regard- become a factor because you know he's probably would have gotten. He's, to, technically, some, we don't know what the Titans offer, but yeah. he more than likely would have would have took less less money. I think reportedly he was offered more money elsewhere and chose to yeah. go to the Rams anyway. But I just he's, wonder he's probably, if we were the ones who offered the more money. Maybe not. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. He's probably at that point in his career where he's looking for a Super Bowl ring. He's gotten paid already. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me, been successful. let me ask you this. We didn't make a move during the bye week. Is that a bigger flaw 
than making a not making a move today because let me let me say this we Deshaun if Fitzmagic and Jameis Winston hadn't had that last Sunday that we'll talk on the next podcast about they were ready to get rid of Deshaun Jackson earlier in the week and we just kind of sat around and didn't do anything and we all said they should try to make a move so they'll get in by the bye week that's almost to me just as bad as not making a move today or just attempting to appease fans i think it it felt like to me it was just like a superficial hand job like an over the pants (laughs) reach around saying oh well we tried for demarius thomas we we, you know but it was just too rich yeah like I i mean just kind of like it falls flat. It's ideally, the saddest hand job in the world. Ideally, obviously, you would have loved to have the guy in for your bye week, but I think you probably have to overpay to get that done because most of these other teams are wanting to push it all the way to the deadline. Yeah, they're wanting an auction. And, you know, make it somebody going to panic and pay the price that we want to get, you know. So I think you have to overpay if you're going to get them a week earlier. The Cowboys obviously did with Amari Cooper because if you look today – you know, Golden Tate goes for a third. Golden Tate's un, undoubtedly a better receiver than Amari Cooper. Now, age and contract, you right. can argue that Cooper's got maybe a little bit more upside or whatever, but Tate's the better player right now. So, um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think, obviously, I would have liked to see them do something, especially I can't believe they didn't at least have an offer on the table for Tate because Tate – that's mind-boggling to me. That like me, it was even said that they offered a fifth or a fourth. They just didn't offer anything. And yeah. this is a guy from your hometown. You know everybody would fucking go crazy if you got him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you are about to go into a Monday night football game, and the world is going to be watching. And if you lose this game, all anybody's going to talk about is, well, they should have got someone and they should have done this. Right. And and then here comes the Patriots to come fucking wax that ass <laughs> yeah. and in front of the home crowd. And again, I am not saying we should fire J-Rob, but this starts creating a scenario where you're going to have public outrage mm-hmm. where it's going to catch the ear of the higher ups in the Titans organization, it's going to affect the players. It's going to be the main J Rob has made himself as as quiet as a general manager as he's been and been in the background for most of the stuff. He is probably now at the forefront of all the Titans talk radio going forward every time we lose. And that's not good for J Rob. It's not good for the team. It's not good for that community, the locker room that they built. This is it's an egregious error on so many levels. I feel like that he didn't even attempt to go get Tate <laughs> in the the darkest timeline scenario here. Yeah, if if Amari Cooper come you know comes out on Monday Night Football and throws up two hundred yards and three touchdowns and the Cowboys you know whip our ass and on national media or you know on national yeah. TV, uh, it's going to get pretty loud it's about going to be bad. You know why hot. didn't we do anything? Why weren't we the ones to trade for Cooper? That whole thing. Now saying that. And I totally get the frustration and everything, and I'm surprised that we weren't in on Tate because I think Tate's an outstanding player, and I think he helps anybody, and especially a team like the Titans that really needed somebody and really needed somebody that could play in the slot just like Tate can, and Tate's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. I just thought he was such a like ideal a fit on so many levels. But regardless of that, I think if you're looking at it from John Robinson's point of view, 
the only the, this it tells me one of two things it either tells me that a he doesn't think the wide receivers are quite the problem that everyone else thinks they are which is I, i'm not saying yeah, that's right yeah. or wrong i'm just i'm, I'm just saying my, that, my my facial expression is <laughs> because i just can't believe that any that makes I, me even more mad that he would think that. Well, I'm I'm not I'm and not I, saying I know that's you're right not saying that that's I'm a just fact. Saying but either either he thinks the wide receivers aren't the problem that everyone else thinks they are, or he doesn't think that this team is a receiver away from being a playoff team, and he doesn't want to spend a third round pick on a guy that's a a nine game rental just to miss the playoffs. Well, anyways. that's true. I mean, he'd rather use that third round pick on like Johnny Smith or something. And well, he'd rather, well, he'd rather have a third round pick <laughs> and sign golden Tate this off season when he's a free agent anyways, you know? So, so, so we're not in a win now mode. Is I mean, that, well, is that what you're feeling? No, so I'm not saying that's, I mean, that's I mean, necessarily what, is that, true. What do you think though? I think it's possible that he looks at all the problems on offense and it's not just water. Right, right. It's, it's not in, just interior offensive or. line. It's the tight ends are off. The quarterback hasn't played as well as, you know, most would like him to. And I know there's reasons for that that are outside of the quarterback's control. But I'm just saying he hasn't exactly carried this team either. Yeah. So if you look at that and you say, okay, we've got problems at almost every position on offense. Adding a wide receiver may not get us there. I mean, that that's really, you know, between him and the coaches, whether they think, Okay, yeah, a receiver takes care well, hell, of this problem. Well, Vrabel said today that if, well, I don't, the if Donald Trump was even out here, I probably wouldn't even notice I'm just out here coaching. Uh, <laughs> that's what he's got to yeah. say. He can't. I mean, he doesn't want to say anything about, yeah, he can't oh, I, hope, I hope they make a trade to help us because we really need help because that pisses off his locker room and his GM. You know, right. so, um, I, let, me, let me ask you guys this question. I want a yes or no answer. Would you, as, as Titans GM, would you have given up a third round for Golden Tate? Zebo Easily. No Mike. hesitation. I would have hesitation, but yes, I probably would have. Would it's you, not what he said this morning, so something's changed. Would you give up? <laughs> I a, have texts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. me, Russians. Uh, why'd you change true. your mind? So I, I kind of cooled off of the whole trade frenzy because I just wanted some, I just wanted the Titans to do something. Yeah. And Tate was the guy that I wanted all along. And like I said, I think he fixes you know, the slot position for cert for sure. He's automatically your best wide receiver. Um, he's au- honestly automatically the best wide receiver that the Titans have had since at least Nate Washington, if not yeah. Derek Mason. Um, but that being said, a third round pick is a lot. And especially when you had four draft picks in the previous draft, one mm-hmm. of which was basically a throwaway for Luke Falk. And I get that that's J Rob's fault, but <laughs> You essentially came away with, from that draft with three players. Now you had a couple undrafted free agents that have panned out okay so far. And Deontay um, Burnett looked good, just not for our team. <laughs> but you've got like Sharif Finch, you've got um, you know guys like Aaron Stinney. I don't know if he's ever going to turn into anything or not, but they Didn't seem to cut? like him. No, he's still around. Who was the guard that got um, cut recently for Fowler? Oh, uh, it wasn't a guard. It was a Spillane uh, oh, yeah, uh, linebacker. Right. Um, but you've got a few a few guys that, that are kind of filling in, but you've got a three-man draft class basically from 2018. Mm-hmm. Now, if you traded away a three, you're down to just a first, second, fourth, fifth, and seventh. So you're down to five picks in 2018 before we even look at you know being able to trade up. You, you automatically at that point basically can't trade up. You're right. saying, look – if anything, we're going to have to trade back in that draft because we can't afford to have another, you know, four or five man draft class. Cause at some point 
you've got to build depth. Like you've got to build young, cheap depth. And right. the way you do that through the draft. So, so, so I mean, <laughs> he's not playing to win this year or not, not making decisions with this year in mind. He's making decisions with next year in mind. I think he's got to do could both. Be both. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what what decisions has he made that uh, helps us this year uh, well, when we're in a tailspin of a season so well, far? Well, he, he kind of did that in the draft when he traded up to get the inside linebacker we needed, traded up to get the edge rusher we needed. And I think that that was him thinking about this year. And now I think he's kind of at a spot where maybe that hasn't panned out like he, you know, things haven't panned out clearly like he thought they were. He didn't think they were going to lose Walker. He didn't think they were going to lose Matthews. He didn't think that you know, Davis Taylor and sharp were not going to be better. I don't think he thought Mariota was going to have a, the elbow injury. I think things haven't turned out the way he expected them to. And sure. You've got to be able to adapt and roll with the punches, but I, I think he's probably dealing with a little bit of disappointment that this season isn't as good as, is what he thought, you know, it should be. And maybe he's saying, look, you know, I, I don't see that the receiver makes enough of a difference that, in 2018 that I want to throw away a, because a, a, a third round pick is like, that's considered to be a starter. That guy's going to be a starter within two years, theoretically. Cause you look at, you know, Titans third round picks or what Kevin, Kevin Byard, um, uh, John, John U and Taewon. So you, those, those guys are all, you know, for better or worse contributors. Two, on, two on of those the for worse. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here, here's my my problem is that right now we have a C minus roster and it seems like we only have B minus aspirations. Like it doesn't seem like we have aspirations to do anything other than win games by three points and hopefully pray to be second in the AFC South and eight and eight, nine and seven. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Do you think if we add Golden Tate that we beat the Patriots or the Chiefs in the playoffs? Uh, I think that that mm, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't think the Chiefs. Uh, I don't think we'd beat the Chiefs. Uh, a Patriots probably would be an. E- to me, I think the Patriots would be the easier matchup, yeah. defense to offense. Do you think we're a Golden Tate away? I guess is. My I question. mean, I, I mean, maybe not New England coming up, mm-hmm. but I think maybe later down the road when we're clicking on all cylinders and he's adjusted, I, sure. I think so. I mean, I think we have a shot. I feel a lot better than us limping into the playoffs like we did last year and us going up against either of those teams. Yeah. My, my thing is, and we'll go to the red zone real quick, and I watched red zone all day Sunday, and <laughs> all day Sunday all I saw were NFL offenses, and I realized, holy shit, we do not have an NFL offense, and it sucks. And so I feel like Golden Tate would give us an NFL-worthy offense where we can maybe score consistently 21, 24 points and maybe win games by larger margins than oh, three or one point. 31, 34. Yeah. Like, I mean, please, <laughs> for the love of God, can we get a more than 20 points I mean, in a game? Russell Wilson's out there throwing to a guy named David Moore, and this guy's making contested catches. He's he's breaking open. Tyler Lockett made a – I mean, Russell Wilson made a beautiful throw, but Tyler Lockett is five foot seven or something like that, and he – just made this wonderful catch out in the end zone and i'm thinking i understand that our receivers can't catch and i understand <laughs> that like there's 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 this there's this thing where marcus cannot make he he 
he can, but he gets in. He's in his head too much. Yeah, and he's just not letting it loose. He's and, trying not to make mistakes. I mean, Russell and Cam. I mean, I watched Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. I mean, all the Patrick Mahomes. Even Case Keenum was out there making plays and trying to make something in the backfield. I mean, offenses are moving. We're not. And mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with our play calling. A lot of it has to do with interior offensive line, no run game, uh, receivers, and the consistent quarterback, like Big Mike sorry said. And I, I'm just, I'm livid. Like, I am so unhappy with this Titans team that it makes me wish it was uh, last year. And I, I, there's only, I can't take another year of 11 touchdown, 15 interception Marcus. And you could throw all the excuses you want at me that, well, he hurt his hand and blah, 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 blah. Well, his hand didn't look fucking hurt during the Philadelphia game, but his ego and his decision-making looked hurt in the Buffalo game. We're on a three game losing streak. I'm kind of oversettling for the mediocrity. I I was happy with the nine and seven. I'm not going to be happy with eight and eight, nine and seven. I had high expectations coming in, and I don't think we should be as fans. I think we should want more, and we should want what everybody else fucking has. Yeah. We we are we are still lagging behind. It still feels like it's last year we were ten years behind everybody else in the NFL. Well, this year we're still just five years behind. But at least we made progress. But it feels like we're five years behind everybody. I don't even know that we aren't. As far as what his the product that has been on the field so far this year, it is not as good as what they were last year, in my opinion, for the most part. I mean, the defense is better. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But the offense is absolutely worse right now. And, you know, sure, breaking into a new scheme, all the excuses we've heard over, over and over again. But you look at the company that the Titans keep in almost every important statistical category on offense, it's the fucking Bills in the, the Browns, uh, the no, the Bills and the Cardinals. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're the Browns are like way ahead of us. <laughs> I mean, way ahead and they of have us. more drop percentage. Yeah, their drop percentage with, is with more drops than a rookie quarterback. <laughs> and and it's not like their offensive line and and running game yeah. is just stellar. I mean, let's let's be honest. There are problems here that go far beyond just oh well. The receivers dropped a couple passes, right? And that's what I'm that's what I'm tired of seeing is everyone wants to say oh well. Everything would be fine if we just caught passes. Like, yes, the record would be better. If Nick Williams caught a pass, if Corey Davis caught a pass, the team could potentially be, you know, five and two pretty easily. But that is not going to change the fact that this offense is shit. That's that's the thing. And whether we're five and two or not. Sure, it's a different conversation because we're like, hey, check out this great defense. You know, they're carrying us. Hopefully, the offense clicks at some point, but we're not going, hey, this is a really good football team. Because if you don't have an offense that can keep up with the Patriots and the Chiefs and the, you know, Vikings and the Saints and, you know, the Rams and all these other great teams that are going to be in the playoffs, that have multiple receivers that are better than just as good or better than Corey on a lot of these teams, but they're definitely their top three receivers are definitely better than anything we, uh, we have. I mean, mm-hmm. like when you look at these teams, they're built around offense defense comes in, <laughs> comes in later, but the, these guys, they're, there are so many young quarterbacks in the league. They're all being surrounded with offensive talent, but they're also all letting loose. Yeah. They, a lot of these quarterbacks are playing, like this is backyard football and Marcus is trying to play like it's 
I don't, I don't know, like Tecmo so, Bowl. So that's, <laughs> so that was, you know, I sent you that article from uh, Matt Waldman's yeah. website. I, I don't know if it was Matt that wrote it or uh, or someone that works for him, but it was actually a draft uh, breakdown of Mariota pre-draft from 2015, yeah. and he called him the the task oriented quarterback. And basically, the gist of it was he went through several examples of plays where Mariota was you know, looking at a certain read or looking at a certain defense and how he was, he really broke down what he's looking at and how he's progressing through and what he should be looking for on these defenses. And basically the, the gist of the, the, you know, takeaway from this article was Mariota is not a freelancer. He is going to do what the offense is designed to do. So if a play is designed to go to, the backside seam route, he's going to look off the safety and throw the backside seam route against that look. And he's doing a lot of this. He's determining a lot of this pre-snap in college. So, you know, in the NFL, obviously defenses are a lot more capable of disguises and, and they're tougher to read pre-snap. So you've got to be able to adjust a little bit. Well, I think Marcus has struggled a little bit with that. It doesn't help that he's been on four different you know, offenses basically, or four different play callers since he's coming in the league. But I think some of the issues that you're seeing from him, as far as he doesn't, he doesn't freelance. He doesn't see, he sometimes doesn't see the opportunity on a busted coverage that another quarterback does and attacks because he's so focused on, I'm looking here and then I'm going here because that's what the coverage dictates. And while that can sometimes be a good thing, I think he I think that's why you see some of these throws where it's like, Marcus, what were you looking at? Why why would you throw the ball there? I think he's just determined that that's this is what the defense is doing, this is where I'm going. And he's he doesn't react and and just kind of flow with the game yeah. naturally. And he's I, a paint by numbers kind of guy. Yeah, and I I don't know I I think you could probably coach him out of that. And I think that's probably what they, they need to work with him on is developing. Hey, look, you know, and, and it could just be as simple as looking in the film room and saying, look, when you see this, you've got to go here. When you see that, you've got to go there and, and try to help him see some of these opportunities that present themselves. And maybe he's not taking advantage of, but I think those are some of the, the, issues that are holding back this offense in addition to the interior offensive line and the receivers and stuff like that. And you can see it in the lack of explosive plays. I mean, the Titans have nine explosive pass plays on the season in seven games, which is like a third, I think of what the chiefs and and other teams like that have. And they're attacking downfield constantly there. They, you can feel the aggression when you watch that team on red zone or whatever, you can feel that they want to, they don't want to get into third and manageable. They want to get a first down every play. They want to get a touchdown every play. Yeah. They are going downfield being aggressive. And that's what I would love to see the Titans become at some point, but they are nowhere near there right now. And, and I don't know that a golden Tate, puts us there right. i mean it helps for sure but i don't know that it by itself puts us there everything right. else has to get better around it yeah so hopefully that happens uh next monday night or this monday next monday how do how do weeks monday. how do weeks work um <laughs> there are so, days yeah there's there's days in a week um so do you guys would you classify this cowboys game as a must win 
I, I would. Uh, you you can't you can't. And I would even I you can't lose, and well, you can't lose embarrassingly. If you lose thirty five to thirty four, that's probably a little bit better. But we really need to come out and just whoop that ass. I mean, we are needing a game where we just dominate everything and we whoop that ass. And this is going to be a hard opponent to, to do it to. But you can't lose this game in front of the whole nation and then go into versus the Patriots at home. You just can't do it. Yeah. Mike? It's as close to a must win as you can get without it being an actual end of season must win. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah I mean, do you think there's any risk of losing part of the locker room? If we continue the slide, it depends on how we lose, but I don't think so. Even if it's a bad loss, I think they'll get one more mulligan out of it, Uh, but I don't think they can take two bad losses in a row. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some frustration, but I can't see the players like actively turning on people or anything like that. But I I think they're going to, they start looking at next season. Yeah. Which Um, I mean, if you're three and six, and you know, I don't know who who do we play after the Patriots? Are the Colts, the Colts, um, in Indianapolis. Yeah, and they're they're not a pushover. <sighs> uh, I don't even want to talk about Colts, it. Texans, anyway. Jets, Jags, Giants, yeah. Washington so, Colts. If you're three and six, I mean, you're going to be at least what two two games behind the yeah. Texans. Yeah, um, possibly more. So if you're if you reach that point, you're all but done. So yeah. I think the Titans really need to win against the Cowboys. At least that buys you a week where, hey, you if you beat the Patriots, great. You know you're you're back above five hundred, and now all of a sudden you're looking like okay, we're five and four. We're probably right on the Texans' heels. Let's go make a push down the stretch and try to get in the playoffs. Right. If, you know, or but if you're four and five, you lose to the Patriots. It's still okay. You're still around. You know, you're, you're still going to be able to make a push if you can get some wins on the back half of that schedule. But. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about personnel. Uh, they added Amari Cooper before the trade deadline. Um, regardless of what you think of how much they paid for him, uh, do you foresee him being a problem in our game? Uh, I think with the extra bye week, he, he'll be a little bit of a problem. I, I depends on how they deploy him and how they use him and how much chemistry they're able to build. But the fact that they have Zeke there, that that is going to help Amari Cooper more than just Dak is is going to. I mean, that's that's someone that we're going to be focusing on more, which could allow Amari Cooper to. You know, there always seems to be that one play where nobody knows what's going on in coverage, and a receiver slips on by and catches the ball for a seventy-five yard touchdown. That's probably. I could see it. I could see it happening. I could see him. Ha- I would not be surprised if he had a hundred-yard game and a touchdown. Yeah. Oof. Titans Twitter would melt my phone. I mean, just gone. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm concerned about Amari to some degree, but I mean, he's clearly the best receiver on the Cowboys yeah. Yeah. walking in the door. But <laughs> but we should just take him away. I mean, there should be a game plan to take him away and not have to worry about the it. The corners yeah. are good enough to hang with him. And yes, I know Butler, whatever, but Butler, Butler's a good enough corner that he can cover Amari Cooper as long as he's not doing dumb shit and getting caught with his eyes in the back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's move to his new teammate, uh, Zeke Elliott. You kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, do you want to talk more? I'm fucking worried about Zeke. I mean, there's nothing, uh, but there's nothing 
he can't do. He can block, he can catch, he can run, he can bowl people over, he can make you miss. It, and after seeing LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory, that's really stuck out in my head. Eckler was a different kind of running back than those two, but it's like if you take what Eckler did and if you take Eckler and combine him with Chris Ivory and LaShawn McCoy, you get Zeke. You get everything that those running backs can do in one person, and it's uh, scary. And that's it. I'm, I don't know. I'm just so totally worried about this game. I, I can't even put it into words. Mike? He's the concern, especially with the uh – the run defense being shaky for most of the season from the Titans, I, you know, I think they were much, much, much better against the the run game of uh, both really Baltimore and the Chargers. So maybe they've kind of figured something out there because I, I don't feel like in the numbers may not. Well, no, I'm pretty sure they held. Uh, Eckler was more of a factor in the pass game. Yeah, he he caught a few passes, but um, I'm pretty sure even uh, what's his name for the Ravens, um, Collins. Collins. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Alex Collins didn't really do a whole lot. They were basically just converting third down after third down, yeah. and it was mostly through the air. So yeah. I would say that Alex Collins is nowhere close to the talent of McCoy uh, or. Elliot. Yeah, no, of course not. But I'm just saying, I think the run defense yeah. may be coming around a little bit for the Titans. Woodyard will be healthier. Woodyard will probably be 100%. Vaccaro will right. likely be playing, and Vaccaro is a big part of that run defense. And you should have defensively, if Morgan is back, which, you know, I, I'm not 100% sure he will be, but if Morgan's back, the, there's a good chance you've got 100% healthy right. defense. And You've got Evans is a little bit more into things now, and and I think this could be a a big Evans game because of the Zeke factor. That's and true. Evans is a much better matchup on Zeke than than a Jayon Brown is. So yeah. just keep him running downhill and yeah, focused on Zeke. Um, so what do you expect from our offense, and are you worried about their pass defense? Mm, their pass game? defense is so fucking good. Mm. I mean, it is. The, and not only is there, I mean, their the defensive backs are really good there. The linebackers are really fast. I, I think we're getting we're like the one team that Sean Lee's going to be fully healthy for. It feels like. Of course. <laughs> um, and then Jalen Smith is really good. But then you got Demarcus Lawrence. Got I mean, Vanderus. it's it's a it's a nightmare of a defense, and it, we're going to have our struggles if especially if we're going to be fielding the offense that we filled the last seven weeks and we made no adjustments no changes to personnel and we did nothing if we bring any of the offenses even the eagles offense that we ran if we brought that in the cowboys game we're still going to get eaten alive by that defense because that defense is just so much better than any I think it's the best defense that we face so far and probably better than the Ravens. I don't I, know if it's better. Than the the Ravens. Ravens are very up and down. At least the Cowboys are consistently good. Yeah. So we just happened to get the Ravens on the one week they decided to show up the and our world. team and our team was played like complete shit. True. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing good on our offense that that happened. And I, I so I think that this is going to be a really prove it matchup for Matt LaFleur and hopefully he's gotten his head out of his ass and decided what kind of fucking offensive coordinator he's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, I I think the defense is certainly a concern by almost any metric. They're one of the best in the league. 
the Titans offenses by almost any metric, the wor- one of the worst in the league. So um, it definitely seems like a one-sided matchup on that side of the ball. But, you know, again, the Titans offense or the Titans defense versus the Cowboys offense is also relatively one-sided if you look, look at most of the stats. So I think it could be a defensive struggle. I'd like, you know, obviously the Titans to come out with a little bit something different offensively and you know it's a big week it is it's a big week for Matt LaFleur I mean he's got to put together a game plan to win this game it's gotta it's gotta get better you know sooner rather than later you've had two weeks to prepare for these guys I know they've had two weeks to prepare for us too but it's gotta get better and now maybe uh um the bright side is I heard uh Jolson Fowler today in his interview saying that he was here to knock people out. And I think he was talking specifically about Sean Lee. So. <laughs> It'd be awesome. I think if you look at Sean Lee the wrong way, he might get knocked out. <laughs> He's like a fainting goat. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he'll like step on a Lego at home and, you know, tear his ACL or whatever. And not that I want that to happen, <laughs> but it would help our offense. Um, so win or lose, what do you need to see to feel good about our future this year? I I need to see a competent offense that can sustain drives, be creative, and I they haven't allowed anything over twenty. I think like twenty four points when I looked at their schedule or something. They may have done twenty eight or something. If we could score thirty, win or lose, I'd be okay with us scoring thirty. To be honest with you, but I don't think that's going to happen. But if that happened, I would feel a ten times better. I just want a couple of 20 plus yards. We need offensive touchdowns. Passes. I don't I don't want gimmick fake punt touchdowns. I don't want defi- I mean I'll take defensive touchdowns. I'll take I'll take these take touchdowns. Sure. But we need a three touchdown from the offense kind of performance. We need I'd love to see Marcus get two or three and one on the ground. We need that kind of game where we put together a competent game plan. I want to see explosive plays. That's it. That's, I just want to see explosive plays from the offense, like four or five of them. I think put together four or five explosive plays, you win the game. Yeah, I want to see danger. Yeah, I want to see aggression. I want to see. I want to see Mariota, whether the receivers have earned it or not, throw on the fucking ball and right. make them prove it one way or another. Yeah. I, I don't care. You know, it, oh well, he dropped the last one. Throw on the ball, make him catch this one. Yeah, is. Statistically, though, Marcus, outside of the Thursday night football game against the Steelers, mm-hmm. Marcus has thrived on primetime. He has. He has. So it'll be interesting to see if his best game last year was the Colts game by yeah. far um, yeah. on Monday night. So. All right. Well, let's uh, let's we've looked forward. Now let's look back on the season. We're about 50 percent of the way through um, and we're going to do a midseason review of the Titans. We're going to do a SWAT analysis. SWAT. Super, uh, super SWAT. corporate. Um, for those of you not in the know, SWAT is uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so we're going to break down uh, the Titans year thus far accordingly. So let's start with strengths. What do you guys think our strengths are? Uh, defense. I, I think defense and our head coach are our two biggest strengths. And I think Vrabel, I think Vrabel's still a magnificent head coach hire. I'm still thoroughly pleased with the job he's tried to do. 
despite his uh, offensive coordinator constantly sabotaging him, or at least that's what it feels like. <laughs> but, I mean, our defense has looked great. It's looked aggressive, uh, and I think that's our biggest strength. And the fact that Vrabel has kept this locker room together through a crazy fucking seven weeks is, yeah. is, is magnificent. Big Mike, do you agree on the strengths? Strengths, yeah, I would say, yeah, I, I think Vrabel is a, doing a good job. You know, I, it's hard to it's hard to know on the offense how much you know he's directing Lafleur or how much this is all Lafleur's baby. You know, I I don't know where that overlap is, but regardless, I, I think he's doing a pretty good job as head coach now. Um, if he's involved and he it comes out that he's the reason that we're having these second guessing issues and stuff, I'll be. I'll change that. Yeah. But, yeah. but we don't have any reason yeah. to necessarily think that right now. Um, but yeah, I would agree. The defense is a strength. Um, obviously there, I think they're the second or third ranked scoring defense in the league right now. Um, the secondary has been very good for the most part. Uh, Malcolm Butler, big plays aside. Um, Rashawn Evans is starting to come around. I feel like he's played better week after week, getting more experience. Um, Jarrell Casey's playing out his mind. Jarrell yeah. Casey's been incredible. So I think that uh, special teams, I would say, is is a strength as well. Uh, Suckup missed the field goal last week. But aside from that, Suckup's been really good. Uh, Brett Kern's been gr- good as always. Darius Jennings has been a revelation on kick returns. So, yeah, um, yeah I think. A revelation. He's been a revelation on <laughs> kick returns. <laughs> yeah. I'd say that's that pretty much sums up the threats. Yeah, or, or strengths. Uh, strengths. Um, <laughs> threats for other teams. <laughs> uh, let's move on to weaknesses. We'll start with Mike. What do you think uh, this team's weaknesses are? <laughs> Offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there it is. I mean, uh, it it's totally. Is. Really, yeah. you think that? Yeah, I you know, I know it's, it's a little bit of a hot take, but I don't <laughs> think the Titans' offense is very good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, Did I'd you say, imagine it is ever going to be this bad when no. you were looking and? Even after the Miami game, after Delaney went down and we had the injuries to Marcus, we knew Marcus would probably come back. Did Did you still feel like this was going to be the offense you saw? No. I, I well, One, I never thought Janu was going to be this invisible in the passing game. Yeah, I, I can't right. believe they haven't gotten him more involved. And I know he dropped the one pass, but besides that, I don't know that he, it's because he's been terrible. They right. just haven't gotten him involved at all, right? Um, which I, you know, maybe that changes in the second half. But maybe he's you know struggling with the playbook or whatever. But Lavelle yeah. Hawkins two point he, he definitely looks like a guy that's thinking more than he's just playing right now because yeah. you can. I mean, you can physically see it, especially. It like, seems to be the theme on this offense is I that everybody's is. thinking way too much. <laughs> yeah, and you can see it. it slows guys down. You know, you can tell they're thinking about, oh, this is how I'm supposed to do this technique instead of just, all right, well, I'm going to just block this guy however it needs to get done. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, Zebo, any other weaknesses? I I am gonna say I think I think the I think J Rob's a little bit of a weakness and I, I'm I'm just not happy with this 2018 season. I I like 2016 J Rob. I've enjoyed 2017 J Rob. 2018 J Rob. It's like there was some redesign under the hood that happened <laughs> and they've just totally changed everything I liked. I, Factory recall. Yeah, it, it, something. <laughs> and maybe this is just going to be that one year where things just kind of just don't go our way. Ever since that Miami game, it just feels like nothing's going our way. And maybe that's just how this year is going to go. And it'll be better next year. 
But, I mean, the, the lack of moves... I mean, letting Deontay Burnett go to bring in Cameron Batson back and or just letting him go, period... He, he caught all 11 balls, and then he goes and catches five. He mosses the dude, catches five <sighs> balls in the Jets game, five for five, 11 for 11. He's now, since joining the NFL, 16 for 16 in NFL passes thrown his way. And you know what our biggest problem's been? Drops. <laughs> so, I mean, shame on J-Rob for that one. Yeah, we'll add drops to the uh, weaknesses yeah. list, but we're not going to talk about it because we've been beating that dead horse for far too long already. <laughs> um, uh, you you put O-line on here as a weakness. Oh, yeah. Well, that? that's, that's offense, so yes. Okay, it's, a yeah. horror, it's horribly constructed. The interior offensive line is a mess. We're going to have to go into some kind of... Ma- there's a lot of position groups that we're gonna have to after have to overall. Oh, fuck it. Here's here's Over, the, we have to overhaul, overhaul. a lot yeah. of our offense going at, and going into the 2019 season. And I'm I'm very hesitant with how the offense has been constructed. That J Rob can do it. I'm hoping that he can do it. But I mean, I want him to do it. Yeah. I need him to do it. Well, that's, I need you. That's another way that uh, Jolson Fowler can hope because now you can stick him. You can just have him line up, right? So you've got Ben Jones at center. You've got Josh Klein at right guard. They're they're the guys. I mean, they just get knocked back in the backfield every play, like three yards. So you line up Jalston Fowler just right at the snap with one hand on each of their ass, <laughs> and as a hut hut, and he just pushes them forward. So yeah, it's yeah. like we should have traded for Kelvin Benjamin if we needed offensive linemen. Yeah, oh. we could have we could have used uh, a right guard. So poor Kelvy. Um, Let's move on to uh, opportunities. Uh, we our opportunities. I would say we have a weak division. That's one of our opportunities. I don't know if I can get on board with the weak division after no? these last few weeks because I'm gonna. And then the who, other. Who are you it's, believing in? Well, in the relatively it, weak. Well, it's relatively weak. But in the next podcast, I'm gonna have to eat some words on the Colts because yeah. they're they're playing lights out. They're they're playing like an aggressive team that doesn't know they're not supposed to be. They're te- they're the little giants. They're <laughs> yeah. not supposed to be this good. Yeah, and they they are because they don't fucking give a shit. Mm-hmm. Who, who's Icebox? Uh, the Colts. Mm, probably Darius Leonard. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, it, I mean, when you think about it, they're going out there and they believe in each other and they're playing lights out and they're they're a really good team and I okay I'm going to get into that in the next one. And but the Texans are good too. I mean, I know they played weak opponents, but offensive lines their only weakness and Deshaun Watson extends plays regardless of what's back there. He, he may lose one of his lungs, I don't know. <laughs> and that could change the whole season, but if Watson stays healthy and he plays like he's been playing for the majority of the year, that's 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 a good team. Yeah. Like these people who said, "Oh, I can't believe people are saying that they're that the Texans are as dangerous as the Chiefs or the Patriots." I don't know. Watch the fucking game. Their defense is playing awesome. I'm gonna have to eat some words on the defense too. The defense is legit. And, yeah. and give me a break. I mean, they have what it takes. They have an explosive offense. They do. So I don't know if the I don't know if it's an opportunity as and we've never beaten Andrew Luck. So yeah. He's, yeah. he's been a thorn in our side. So I, I don't know if that's much an opportunity as it was two weeks ago when we came up with this idea. Mike, any <laughs> any external opportunities? External opportunities. Um, 
Yeah, I I would say the division is an opportunity just because nobody's run away with it yet. I right. mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the yeah, Texans nothing's, nothing's could potentially. I think Will Fuller's injury, regardless of them adding Demarius Thomas, will hurt yeah. them because he's a big part of that explosive down the field passing yeah, game. Right. So, and you could see the difference because. He missed a big chunk of the first part of the season. That offense wasn't near what we saw against yeah. the Dolphins the other night. So yeah. um, he's a he's a big loss for them. But anyways, uh, I do think the division's not a little bit of an opportunity. I think there's an opportunity just in the fact that the Titans only have forced seven turnovers so far this season, which I know sounds like okay that well that's the Titans' fault. Why aren't they forcing turnovers? But I think the Titans are playing good defense, and I think they haven't gotten the because how many you know we haven't seen a whole lot of the random tip balls that, yeah. that land in a guy's arms or the you know we've only recovered two fumbles on defense. Well, and year. outside of Bortles, we've generally played top level quarterbacks. Mo- yeah. Yeah, yeah, mostly pretty good quarterbacks. You know, Flacco is okay. Um, yeah, you know, it, well, it, Allen. But he really didn't play that oh, much. Yeah, well, yeah. It was basically a running game. But, yeah. it, but regardless, I feel like the turnovers and I, you know, people that have listened to me or read stuff I've written before know that I feel like turnovers are a lot based on luck and it's tips and deflections and stuff like that. And whether that lands in the grass or lands in your, you know, defender's arms is whether or not it's a turnover. So, I think there's an opportunity for us to just get some natural regression on turnover luck. And that could really make a huge difference. Cause if you start getting, you know, a defensive touchdown here or there or great field position, or, you know, you get a quick stop and get the offense back on the field against a tired defense. Those are the kind of things where you can start to build some momentum and kind of, you know, really put the, the clamps on a team. Um, and with only seven turnovers through seven games, Dean Pease's Ravens defense last year had 34 turnovers on the season. So they had almost two per, or, you know, what, over two per game. And the Titans are at just one per game right now. So yeah. I, I think there's going to be some regression, some positive regression um, in the turnover category. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Zebo? That you can think of. No, I really didn't get the opportunity part of the cat the thing. I, have, I just let I, let y'all talk. I have here uh, improved chemistry from the offense overall. Um, oh well, yeah, because uh, and we've I had touched, the delayed start a little yeah, bit. We talked yeah. about this a little bit last week, right? That 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 was part of last week was the delayed start and hoping that. And and in fact, I can actually go into this a little bit further. Glad you reminded me. Thank sure. you, Keith. You're Good welcome. job as a host, bud. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Gold star for you today. <laughs> and I, I guess I probably already did talk about this, but after the bye weeks, Shanahan and McVay last year really came out with better offenses. So that that's two coaches that he's come from that have that defensive trend that after their bye weeks, they came out with better offenses. Yeah. So the opportunity is, is that, LaFleur after a bye week comes out with a better offense. Yeah. So hopefully with a Marcus doesn't have the glove on his throne hand. We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. So yeah, with that, the, what we deem is either a 90 or 100% Marcus. He said today full feeling yeah. back in all his fingers. So with that and with having the bye week to kind of fix some kinks and getting Justin Fowler, I know we didn't get a wide receiver, but hopefully that the offense can be what we wanted it to be. Yeah. So there's an opportunity there. Uh, any more opportunities from you, Big Mike? Um, 
No, I think that pretty much covers it. Okay. Uh, let's move on to threats. Um, I would say that one of our threats is that we have to win the division to make the playoffs. Right. Yes. That's 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 awful. That's a unless huge one. unless the Chargers or Ravens, where the Ravens have not been stacking wins like they probably they're should be. They're only four and four, so yeah, they're just a half game so ahead of us with the that, tiebreaker. And that's but. they got a pretty tough division ahead of them too. So the that that Bengals could be around. that could be something right there. Um, we we don't play the Bengals, so yeah. it, if we, even if we maybe we could still maybe get the wild card because it is the Ravens and the Chargers, and if so far the Ravens are inconsistent, Chargers are can charge any time. I mean, they could just fucking just start exploding. Well, think about this for trade deadline acquisitions. They're about to add Joey Bosa to that five and yeah. two team. So oh, shit, Fuck that that team's yeah. going to be very good. Yeah. Unbarring like you know some sort of other injury, right. like Keenan Allen goes down or Philip Rivers goes down or yeah. something like that. that yeah. That's a, that's a big threat though for us to even get in the playoffs. I mean, you're right. We're gonna have to win, and and like I said in the previous uh, opportunities, it's not gonna be as easy as we think unless there is injuries that happen to those other teams besides Jags because Jags fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Big Mike, anything to add or thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that's a valid point. We're we need to focus on winning the division now. Maybe you know, like we said, something falls out with one of these other teams, but chances are the wild cards out out the window at this point. Um, it's and, just going to be way. And too this means crowded. that we're going to have to get over this bugaboo of not being able. I, I'm so glad I got these <laughs> I bugaboo. Bugaboo. Uh, His face lit up as soon as he said it. Of not being able to beat Andrew Luck. And, and because because that's that's your threat to me right now, Andrew Luck is playing out of his mind. That that coaching staff is doing a great job. To me, they're the bigger threat than the Texans. Honestly, is because we can always get after Watson. It seems like yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit more worried about us getting after Andrew Luck now. And if we don't get after Andrew Luck, he can do whatever he wants. To me, he's the biggest threat to us even getting, not only winning the division, also getting a wild card, too. I mean, those two teams are still in the hunt for a wild card. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody in our division is still in the hunt for a wild card. Yeah, the Colts certainly aren't out of it. Um, yeah. And we have to play them twice. Right. We do have to play them twice. So, I mean, those two games are going to go a long way to determining whether right. or not the Titans or the Colts remain in the hunt i mean if if one team sweeps the the other that's a huge deal i mean that pretty much in somebody's season and right. yeah is a huge boost to someone else's so those two games will be be massive um, yeah i mean they're they're our last game of the season of the regular season so i think another threat is injury yeah, i mean that's just always, the, yeah. the the marcus injury is just such a big threat that's always looming over this franchise it feels yeah. like mm-hmm I wish we would have got Colin Kaepernick or Teddy Bridgewater or someone other <laughs> yeah. than Blaine. Gass- strong, I mean, I like Blaine. Blaine's backup, all right. Yeah. 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 The, uh, I, I think that's fair. It, I will say on the flip side of that though, if you want to add to another opportunity, um, getting healthy, we have been yeah. decimated by injuries True. early in the season, because if you look at, I mean, we haven't had, a single game besides the Eagles game where we started five with five offensive linemen that we wanted to and ended the game with the same five that we wanted to. <laughs> that's like, crazy. That's like, insane. That's the, it's the only game that that's happened all season. I don't think it's a coincidence that that's also one of the best games that we've played all season. Yeah, right. Um, 
So I think the health with that, the health with Mariota being able to feel fully confident in that arm again, he's going to be as close to 100% this week as we've seen him, you know, since the first half of the Miami game. So hopefully you start to see him feel a little bit more comfortable in that maybe, you know, demonstrates itself in the way he plays as well. So, and, you know, of course, we've been, we've missed Woodyard, we've missed right. Ricaro, we've, you know, we've had all sorts of injuries across the board. So, yeah. And I know that we've tooted for, uh, Woodyard's horn a bunch, but toot, toot again. Yes. Because yeah. that guy is a huge part of our defense. Right. Yeah. He's, he's massive on, in, in pretty much every aspect. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a great opportunity. I didn't think about that. Um, I think that's about it. Unless you guys can think of anything else. I thought that was a good solid pod that we just did. Thank yeah. you, Keith. No, let, no let problem. Me, hey, hey, say, happy Halloween, bud. Oh, happy Halloween to you. Let me say one thing before yeah. we go. <laughs> one thing that's become hyper annoying to me, and I, this is not me hating on Tajay Sharp because I've admitted I was wrong about Tajay. Just I feel like he's about to say some bad stuff about Tajay. <laughs> no, Taj Bay. No, no, no. no Taj I'm not, this is nothing against Tajay Sharp. This is everything <laughs> against the people that are out there saying Tajay Sharp is the only consistent receiver that yeah, the Titans have. That's not good. Because yeah. he's had one game. The, that game against the Chargers is the first time he's had more than 33 yards in a game. Get out of here with the he's the only consistent receiver yeah, bullshit. Yeah, now, he catches the ball you know, when, when it's thrown to him, but he's not out there every week putting up numbers. Corey right. Davis has been the most consistent well, receiver now. And yes, recency bias. Yeah. He had the Tajay Sharp had the best game last and we've been stewing over it for two weeks. And now everyone's like form this narrative in their head that Tajay Sharp's our best receiver. That's bullshit. Yeah. Corey Davis has been our best receiver. Right. Tajay Sharp has been our second best receiver. And looks like he could be an important part, especially on third down moving forward, but let's not retrofit the entire season to pretend like Tyler right. Sharp, I, some stud. I, I agree with big Mike and the, because that all that means is that I was right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, what you just said is absolutely right. And it's a little bit of recency bias, but it's also the fact that he was one of our best receivers a few like bad years ago. Yes. Yeah. And so people are remembering that and we don't have a guy on the roster who has done it. Yeah. Consistently. So, yeah. But and it's worth pointing <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoa, a snoring a, French bulldog. <laughs> wow. Um, he's snoring with his eyes open. It's amazing. Um, so, it, speaking to that, Tajay Sharp finished that season with like 522 yards. Corey Davis is at like almost 400 right now. He can right still now. get 1,000 yards. I think he only Sharp? has to average. Or yeah. No, no, no. no, no Davis. Oh, Davis. Oh, yeah, Davis. Davis yeah, here. Davis could absolutely get 1,000 yards. I'm here supporting your narrative. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Davis is one good game away from surpassing that total in half a season. So again, Corey Davis is the best receiver on the Titans. Let's not pretend like that's not true, but sharp is better. than I thought he was. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, that's what right. I just wanted to say that piece because it's been weighing heavy on my heart, um, <laughs> over these past two weeks, hearing everybody trash my beloved Corey Davis. Well, there you go. Um, well, thanks for listening at first. Make sure to visit our sponsor for the Ville 615 at for the Ville 615.com for all your clothing needs. Uh, rate and review us on whatever you're listening on or, or share us on Twitter. That's, that's how we get the word out about the podcast. We don't advertise this uh, anywhere. And uh, you can get I did a poor job advertising on Twitter. I did not put one post up about <laughs> our podcast. 
Uh, yeah. well, that, that reminds <laughs> me. We need to get to F mail in the NFL pod. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can read a, more of Mike's analysis on all things tights at Music City Miracles. Uh, and yeah, we are football and other F words, and you've just been F'd. I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.